0: okay folks welcome to the drop zone happy sunday night happy las vegas stretch on the pga tour and uh a happy whole bunch of other things but sean i'm happy to be here with you how are you
1: pretty good uh i guess this is like vegas season vega the vegas stretch the the Vegas swing mm-hmm. is that what we're calling it? The Vegas swing. We need some work on that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think players like this, right? Because a lot of guys are. Well, for one, a lot of players are moving to Nevada, moving to Vegas. Mm-hmm. I think the new, like in vogue, place for two, for tour players to live is Vegas. Would you agree with that?
0: Definitely. Yeah, I mean, you look at the the number of guys that seem to be flocking there. We've talked to Xander Shoffley; he moved there recently. You've got Colin Morikawa's in town. Uh, Maverick McNeely's been playing Daniel well. There's K. a bunch of guys that actually LPGA are going to play live there too. this week in the in the CJ Cup that are our uh, Vegas residents. So, I mean, it definitely makes you think a little bit differently. Jason Kokrak won last year at the CJ Cup. He's a Las Vegas resident. So, yeah, it's the spot hey, to be. Hey,
1: Dylan, why do they live there? Why do they
0: live there? Well, Sean, taxes. Taxes, taxes, <laughs> taxes. But I think that... Nevada has favorable taxes while still being close to the West Coast. So it's sort of like, it's like inland California is one way to think about this. So it's a bunch of guys that are from California that don't quite want to live in Phoenix, but, you know, they kind of like the reliability of the desert atmosphere. There's some easy places to practice. Um, there's some TPC courses, which are always easy for tour pros to to spend time at. So it's just a pretty easy thing. This is not a situation where guys are moving to vegas so that they can you know hit the tables every night i think for the most part this is more of a low-key vegas existence Uh, and maybe that's a competitive advantage honestly when the rest of the tour comes to town because you know maybe brooks kepka comes in he wants to see a show get a bottle explore the uh local nightlife not sure that that's true i'm just saying there's a world where someone like brooks kepka might want to go to vegas get himself a nice steak dinner but if you live there, not so much.
1: Yeah. Butch Harmon lives there. That's another reason why people like to go there. The swing doctor, um, Butch Harmon. is uh, uh, He's basically the, the, the fail-safe that everyone goes back to. Whenever anything goes wrong, Butch Daddy will clear things up. Nick Watney. We talked about him a week ago after his T2 at the Sanderson Farms. He had worked with Butch early in his career, kind of went away with Butch, never really had an official like parting of ways, but they just kind of like silently stopped working together. Nick Watney's career starts to go down, needs to pick himself back up, starts working with Butch again. Butch daddy, undefeated.
0: America's golf coach, truly. Um, Sean, before we get too far, I do want to give a little shout-out to our partners this episode, and those are the good folks at Arnold Palmer Spiked. There is no better way to celebrate a life or a round of golf well played than with Arnold Palmer Spiked. It's the classic taste of iced tea and lemonade that you already know and love with 5% ABV. It's made with real juice and brewed teas for a smooth flavor that's as easygoing as Arnie himself. So, Sean, a good way to support the pod is actually to check out ArnoldPalmerSpiked.com slash drop zone. That's ArnoldPalmerSpiked.com slash drop zone or search for it on Drizzly and Instacart. That's arnoldpalmerspike.com slash drop zone 2021 Hornell Brewing Company, Memphis, Tennessee. It's a malt beverage with natural flavor. Celebrate responsibly, Sean. And that's what we're doing tonight in honor of our good man, Sungjae Im. <laughs> did you get to watch much of the golf this afternoon? I feel afternoon? bad
1: as a uh, you know noted popular golf podcaster. Uh, I did not watch mm-hmm. a single golf shot of Jay's win. I would have tuned oh, in. I definitely would have tuned in if it wasn't a blowout, but I was checking the scores, checking the birdies, piling up four birdies in a row for him late uh, on Sunday. And it was kind of like, well, this, this thing isn't worth watching. It's over. Is that kind of how it was?
0: That's pretty much how it was. It was actually five birdies in a row. Wow. Um, Sungjae himself said, and I quote, honestly, I didn't realize I made five birdies in a row. So you're not the only <laughs> one. Um, but Let's let's run through Sung round. He started three, that's Birdie on the first hole, then four four, and then he went three 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 four three three three. So that's a lot of threes. And uh if you're making threes, then you're then you're doing something right. I mean he parred the last five holes to shoot sixty-two he won by four. At one point, it was an extremely, extremely crowded leaderboard with Sung Jay, Matthew Wolf, Mark Leishman, Rory Sabatini, Adam Shank, Lanto Griffin. I mean, there were a bunch of guys that were tied or within one shot. And then Sung Jay, I mean, he was hitting iron shots like, like we hit chip shots. That's yeah. how they looked. Everything was scaring the flag. He was rolling the rock. Um, and, you know everyone else just got run over. He wasn't the only guy to go low. Leishman put up eight under Sabatini put up seven under, but he was the only one of that clump that started uh, right near the lead to, to get the job done.
1: I think so, this, this is what Sung J. M is going to do at various points in his career, right? He is going to be the best irons player in the tournament, the best irons player on the planet. And he's just going to have rounds and days and tournaments where he hits it closer than everyone else. And, and, they're all so darn good that if you hit it close enough, you're going to roll a bunch of them in and it's going to be, it's, it's going to make it look easy. It's going to make it look like golf is an easy sport. <laughs> and trust me, it is not. Um, <laughs> what will be interesting is if he can do that in a major someday. Um, you know, he, he contended at the Masters last year, mm-hmm. the fall Masters, when it was a little wet, pretty soft. Dustin Johnson basically threw everything at the hole as well, and he shot 20 under, and Sung I believe, shot 16 under, uh, finished T2. That's not really what a major championship course tends to be. It tends to be firm and fast, and we haven't really seen Sung really do it in a major, but he's going to win. You know, He'll probably win like 10 or 12 PGA Tour events in his career just doing what he did this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a little bit of a hard guy to categorize because – He doesn't miss many cuts, but he also hasn't contended very much, um, you know, since winning in early 2020, that was his his first win at the Honda classic, but he's also so young. So I was just writing a, uh, a quick story about his round today. And that, that was one of my points. This dude is he's younger and better than you probably think. We take Mm -hmm. him for granted because he plays so much. He always seems like he's sitting there, you know, T 16, um, And for a moment, actually, at the start of 2020, it looked like he was just going to take over the whole thing. He won the Honda Classic. It looked like he was going to win the next week uh, at Bay Hill, finished third. You know, he went to the players, and it was like this dude is the hottest player in the world right now. And then, of course, golf and the rest of the world got shut down. When he came back, wasn't the same guy. He he took a little while to – refined his form but you know things have changed since then he got himself a trainer he bought a house sean he has a new caddy Uh, he was famously houseless for a while he would just go hotel room to hotel room every single week so golf's iron man kind of really found the magic today and i think anyone that can win by a handful of shots on the pga tour at age 22 we should be paying significant attention
1: i know you just said this but yeah He made eight threes in a stretch of nine holes. Uh, And crazy. It has to be the least taxing version of golf because, you know, the guy has the smoothest takeaway. (laughs) He kind of walks slow. He just makes three swings and suddenly has a birdie. Like there's no grind to what he does. It's so smooth. Everything about it is so smooth and slow. And he's just got a like soft little smile. And It just, it makes golf look easy.
0: Yeah, it's funny. One of the most revealing things, probably the most revealing thing that he said after his win was that he's been struggling with coming back after his bad rounds. He said, obviously when I'm playing well, I feel great. But when I have a bad round, I feel down easily. And I think I've done that the last 10 or 12 months that you've mentioned. It's funny because you wouldn't really know it. And you kind of hear stories behind the scenes. This is a more intense guy than we really hear. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a demanding boss. Um, but out there, he just looks like very flatline. You know, he's got that incredible smile that you see every now and then when something good happens but yeah, his style of golf and just the manner in which he carries himself on the course is extremely steady. There was no giant outburst of emotion today. He gave a a subtle fist pump, um, a nice hug to his caddy on the 18th green. Uh, it was a great moment, but yeah, there was, there was no real one moment. I guess that's what happens when you make eight birdies and 10 holes. It's hard to exactly pick one that was the difference maker.
1: Was he the most impressive Korean golfer this weekend?
0: Well, Sean, that's a that's a very good question. I think it's up for debate. I think that the Korean golfer that won on the best golf course was actually in New Jersey, near our old home city of New York.
1: And who would that be? Jin Young-Ko, uh, she wins the Founders' Cup on the LPGA Tour. She wins by four, uh, just like Sung Jae did. Um, she shoots four rounds in the 60s, which means she has now shot 14 straight rounds in the 60s, which 14. ties an LPGA record. It's funny. Mm-hmm. I, I recently shot 92, um, and that was <laughs> my first round in the 90s in months. Uh, it was a long time in the 80s and a couple of rounds in the 70s, but I was so happy that my best golf had plateaued. or my Excuse me. My worst golf had plateaued better than 90. Her worst golf. Has been in the 60s for months. For three months. She has not carded a score on the LPGA tour worse than 69 since late July. That's bananas.
0: It really is. It's funny because Nellie Corda took over the world number one spot that Jin Young Ko had really had held for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And how did she answer? Well, there was one week she played okay, the next week she won. Two starts later she won. The next week she finished 6th, the next week she finished T2, this week <laughs> she won again. So, um they don't they haven't updated the the Rolex ranking, so I don't know how close she's going to be to that world number 1 spot. Um but she's going to be right up there and I think you know, it'd be interesting to hear her motivation. I know she's an ex- she's extremely friendly with other players on the LPGA, but um it'd be interesting to to really sit her down and ask how much losing that world number one uh fueled her to just like this ridiculous run of consistency I mean it's 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 birdies she's making a bunch of birdies to get there
1: yeah and it's not like the winning score this week was 26 under or it's a course that you're expected to break 70 every single round she continues to do this she runs up tallies obviously 18 under one this week but the only person within six shots of her was Caroline Mason who who finished second like she's running away from the field that's the other thing mm-hmm. here it's it's rounds in the 60s that no one else can match the rest of the field can't match she doesn't take any days off <laughs> that's the other kind of crazy thing like it it's a lot of golf and i think like whenever whenever people get on these streaks we we kind of call to mind the fact that like tiger woods had his made cut streak, and then he had his uh, streak of rounds at uh, beating the field average that day. Like, that kind of madness is never going to be appreciated because uh, you never have a day where, like, one triple bogey ruins your scorecard. Or if you happen to have a triple bogey, you battle back and you make four birdies on top of it. That's how, like, locked in the best players are at their best at their peak is like there isn't a single off day when it comes to them. And their, uh, I don't know when they get, when they get this dialed, it's always on.
0: It was fun to see them go out to mountain Ridge where I actually have not been, uh, but it presents itself well on, on TV. And as someone Sean, who you yourself have played a bunch of really good golf in the greater Met area. Um, it's nice to see some of those kind of old school, really good golf courses, show themselves off there's um there's a bunch of ridges fittingly (laughs) there's there's just really good greens i mean it's just a great golf course and you can you could see it from the lpga royalty and attendance you could hear it from the way the players talked about it uh they are really it's it's really important to them to be playing this sort of true championship test i mean this was in the news because um the lpga announced that it's one of its flagship majors, the ANA is going to move to Houston and to the Chevron. And, um, you know, I think that there's a sense that there's not that many courses on tour that, that have that sort of cachet that the Dinah shore course at mission Hills had. So I guess to prioritize like some really great, memorable golf courses existing on the LPGA tour, I think that's only a good thing. Um, And the players talked about that a bunch this week. So I think it's definitely worth noting.
1: Hardcore golf fans like watching good golf courses. I think that's, uh, and not just good golf courses, but sacred ones. Donald Ross golf courses, courses that not necessarily everyone can play, but that people like to see really good shots rewarded on. Whistling Straits, the host of the Ryder Cup, you know, that's kind of a TV golf course. It really is Mm -hmm. with, the shoreline and all the bunkers and it's you know, not as subtle. Yeah. Yeah. And, I
0: run into a couple of people this week. They were asking me how the Ryder cup was and they say, Oh man, that golf course, you could get into some shit out there. It's like, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. You yeah, really could. That's how it goes.
1: Um, there's, there's so many courses like mountain Ridge in New Jersey. That's why I think New Jersey is, I mean, it, it, it gets severely underrated as a golf state. Probably because its proximity to New York, probably because um, the people of Philadelphia like to kind of claim Pine Valley, even though it's in New Jersey. <laughs> um, the fact that California, yeah, is probably the best Gulf state in the country, and it's across the country, and it, you know they have all the coastline and everything. I mean, basically, when Gulf emigrated across the Atlantic Ocean, it just about landed in New Jersey. And so... There's so many great golf courses that are about 100, 115 years old, all in New Jersey, and uh, I don't know, I'm a big fan.
0: If, if you're in Northern Jersey, you get claimed by New York if you're like a good thing, and if you're in Southern Jersey, you get claimed by Philly if you're a good thing, and if you're a bad thing, then people just leave that to uh, for Jersey to claim. Jin Yunko said she ate a bunch of cookies for the week. That was one of the perks. As a big dessert guy, I can appreciate that um but also i think this was the the biggest non-major purse on the lpga so Mm -hmm. big week for the founders cup shout out cognizant
1: that was the other news that uh besides the lpga's first major of the year the ana inspiration moving away eventually from that golf course in california that event in moving to houston in getting a new title sponsor of chevron is upping the purse value a lot huge jump in purse value Mm -hmm. we love we love purse jumps because uh especially the lpga tour because the men's tour there's a lot of money in there there isn't an equal distribution for the women's tour and we we appreciate it when they get the bumps because they need it and they deserve it
0: sean did you get to watch any of our man phil mickelson cashing in this week on the pga tour champions down at timaquana
1: i'm gonna repeat myself i feel bad as a highly respected golf podcaster, but I saw zero shots of Phil Mickelson's victory again. Um, But I did read about it as always. And uh, I'm just not surprised. The guy won the PGA championship this year. What happens when he goes to a field that's just 50 and and older dudes? The guy is a buzzsaw. It's hard to compete with.
0: He's going to keep doing this
1: too, by the way.
0: (laughs) It's funny. I I saw, I think he was like about four to one entering the week. And I thought, you know, that's probably not enough or that's probably, you know, it's probably too much rather. Like he's probably a pretty much a coin flip to win this thing. And he has talked about how well the champions tour suits his game. Uh, Our boy uh, Zephyr (laughs) Melton just tweeted this out. He said, I can be a little bit more aggressive. And like when I made double on five, I can still recover. You do that on the regular tour. You just get eaten alive. But here you don't have to be
1: perfect. I kind of want to respond to that with like, duh, (laughs) like, (laughs) of course, Phil, you only have to play three rounds and you can hit driver, you know, not everywhere, but you can hit driver a lot of places. And that guy has literally become more famous than he already was by saying I hit bombs. I create speed. I try to have as much speed as the the best youngest players on tour. And so mm-hmm. his elongated swing, his you know his incredible flexibility, and the speed that he can create at uh, 51 years old, I think he is now. <laughs> like yeah. uh, it 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 matches up and beats a lot of people younger than him. So it's no wonder that when you get on these pretty open places with maybe a little bit wider fairways and pins not exactly tucked it's no wonder that he's a buzzsaw you know mm-hmm. M- Miguel Angel Jimenez he, he he played really good golf this week and he still yeah. lost by two and he beat everyone else in the field not named Phil Mickelson by three or more but feels yeah. just better
0: the thing about Phil that has always been underrated and probably continues to be is just how good his iron play is I mean that really is what has sustained him over the years I know the flop shots are famous but when he gets hot he can still really put that golf ball where he wants to with his irons. Um, You saw that when he just really darted his way around the key for the PGA championship. And then you just see it when he can game manage these PGA tour champions courses, he can hit bombs and then he can take dead aim pretty much with these wedges and short irons in his hand. So, yeah, I guess if he keeps playing these, he's going to keep winning them. I I'm curious to see how many he does play.
1: So he's really lost uh, his consistency with the iron play the past few yeah. years. Um, but
0: the numbers definitely are not where the numbers
1: the numbers be. are not there. But if you look back, and everyone I think did this a couple years ago when when he played so poorly at the Ryder Cup um and and we're like well why would you pair phil with bryson why would you pair you know phil with whomever why did phil go out again at the ryder cup 2018 he was the 13th best irons player in the world the 13th best and in 2017 he was the 16th best in 2016 he was the sixth best like he it's all proof to your point that at his peak and even a little bit less than his peak, his Irons game is still among the best in the world. Uh, and, yeah, he's lost a little bit of that, a little bit of that fastball. But he's basically now almost always playing around a tour average ball striker, which is crazy mm-hmm. as a 51-year-old. A tour average, better than a ton of people who are, like, 27 and, like, in their prime.
0: Yeah, And you could make the argument if Phil's goal was to make as many cuts as possible on the PGA tour, you might say, Hey, Phil, let's take it easy on the speed chasing. Let's find a way to get the ball in the fairway and then just work on those irons. But like you said, the man's 51. He, he wants to hit bombs. It gives him joy. And then, uh, you know, if he ever needs a quick ATM stop, he can just zip by the PGA tour champions. So (laughs) shout out to Mr. Mickelson.
1: All right, Dylan, uh, before we close, why don't you uh, you know, talk about the news you broke this week? We don't do a ton of breaking news around
0: here, but when we do, it's pretty fun. You get a little juice out of it. Um, Brooks and Bryson are playing. I had the honor of breaking this news about, I don't know, two hours before then they released something official. Um, but this is the fifth edition of the match. Fifth edition. It's hard to believe we've made it this far. It's the first edition, interestingly, since since the first time around, since Tiger Phil, that it's just going to be one-on-one. Um, but Brooks and Bryson, as you've probably seen, are going to play a 12-hole match in Las Vegas the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. They're going to play at the Win, which is really the golf course that's right on the strip there. So this thing is set up with the goal of being a prize fight. They're going to play 12 holes. They're going to settle this pseudo feud on the course um sean i would say this is is something that has a lot of possibility it also it has a high ceiling and a low floor i would say um and when the announcement came out there was a real split in reactions between yes this is what we've been waiting for this is exactly why the match series should exist and like meh yeah so i'm curious your first instinct where do you fall before we get into you know what we'd like to see, where do you fall when it comes to your reaction?
1: Well, I think it's great, great, like self-awareness by these guys, their teams, the PGA tour, or whatever, to give people something that they want. There's a lot of things in golf that we want and there's a lot of things that we don't get. This is something that collectively the group wanted. Mm-hmm. And so we're getting it, which is sweet we're getting it with a twist. We're getting at 12 holes. We're getting in Vegas and we're going to get it with some kind of crazy broadcast approach that on paper in reality will probably be great. Um, the, the thing I, I thought about right away is like, I have been annoyed with how both Bryson and Brooks have kind of handled this whole thing the past couple months. Brooks doubling down on the Brooksy chance and egging people on towards Bryson. Bryson really like sticking his own shoe in his mouth repeatedly, Um, maybe trying to sometimes appear a little bit like it's not bothering him at all when it like very much clearly is. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've kind of been disappointed in how each of them have handled that at various points. Um, That said, like there's no more entertaining golfer right now that can actually play than Bryson in, in some ways. Yeah. Like he is the made for TV dude. He's the pay-per-view golfer. Um, and he showed that off uh, in Montana at the Big Sky event with Rodgers, Brady, and Mickelson. So like that's, that's a net win. And I guess the, being around Brooks a little bit recently, kind of dialing into how he answers these questions, it is in my opinion that he still has some extreme genuine distaste for Bryson, I don't mm-hmm. think he likes him. I really don't. I, I think that they can put this on for money and for charity, and they can yes. agree. They can agree to do this, and Brooks can still really, really dislike the guy. Um, and no one puts on a face, I think, better at times than Brooks. So, like, is it purely genuine? We'll we'll have to probably watch and find out. But um, big game Brooks will probably get up for this. Bryson will be doing all the tick and everything, it'll yeah. be a zoo. It'll be a zoo. And you know what? It's really not that far away. It's like eight weeks away.
0: I think one of the big misconceptions about this is now, you know, now that this news came out, people are saying, oh man, this has been fake all along, whatever. That's not true. I mean, sure. Now they're capitalizing on it. They're turning in their, they're turning in their cards for a bunch of money for yeah. sure. But the, The origins of this feud date back to early 2019, you know, Brooks calling out Bryson for playing slow, um, over and over Bryson eventually confronting him sort of awkwardly confronting him, um, at the FedEx cup playoffs. So this thing has been going on for a long time. That would be a hell of a long con to make it that entire time, just all to set up an eventual match. And especially the video that came out after the PGA Championship was some some genuine distaste of Brooks for Bryson. So there's really no faking that. I think that that's what the match has going for it. I think one of the biggest challenges is seeing how these guys play it. The biggest shortcoming of Phil versus Tiger was that they never quite figured out if they were going to be A, like two, two old pals... Or two yeah. old rivals out for a friendly competition and they were gonna share some stories along the way, or B if they were gonna be like intense squaring up one on one for all the marbles. They never quite committed to one or the other of those. And so in the end we didn't really get either. I think they've they've fixed some things like getting guys in golf carts, getting uh, headphones in their ears so they can talk to people in the booth, which should take some pressure off, just like one guy talking to the other. Um, but I think if I was producing this thing, that would be my biggest concern is just, is this thing going to be awkward or is it going to be entertaining?
1: Yeah, they got to stand on the same tee box. They got to they gotta make putts around the same yeah. hole. They got to do a lot of stuff around each other. Um, How would I, you
0: make it entertaining?
1: I would make it just like... A prize fight i would make it just like the wilder fury fight in which you almost have a weigh-in thing where these guys are going nose to nose um mm-hmm. you know brooks and bryson were actually both at the the big pay-per-view fight the other night in vegas and these pay-per-view fights get such hoopla because of who's in the crowd because Michael Jordan's there and because Floyd mm. Mayweather's around and there's all this money involved and you know Dave Portnoy from Barstool shows up there there's all these there's so much hype for these big pay-per-view boxing events and and MMA events um I think the Gulf should lean into that I think I think Michael Jordan should get invited to walk inside the ropes and be there as close as possible for this you know kind of heavyweight battle between Brooks and Bryson. I think they should lean into the MMA guys that are huge golfers, like like build up the inside the ropes thing and kind of make it a huge spectacle, kind of like the way the Ryder Cup is, uh, where all that emotion comes out in front of like some of the, you know, B-list and A-list celebrities. I think that's what I would do to make it really hype because format's pretty cool. 12 holes are pretty cool. You're going to have Charles Barkley asking extremely awkward questions. We love that, putting people in positions that they're not expected to be in. Um, It'll be entertaining, and hopefully it'll be over before the four-hour mark.
0: That is one, I think, clever thing that they're trying out is just making this 12 holes instead of 18 holes. I don't think we're building legacies here either way, even if they're playing 18 holes. I'm not sure if one guy wins or the other guy wins that that necessarily changes how we think about their professional golf career. So I think 12 <laughs> holes as a spectacle is just fine. Um, it I will think, fit more into that like, three-hour
1: window. These guys have been asked about each other in the same yeah. way that prize fighters get asked about each other. Like Tyson Fury's asked questions about Wilder for months and months and months yeah. leading up to the rematch. Brooks and Bryson have been asked about each other endlessly. Like they're gonna get asked about this in the months that come down the road. I think I think it does matter to both of them that they have the the closure. They have the one up. They have the fact that, well, you know what? Brooks might dunk on Bryson in another future press conference. But Bryson will be able to say, hey, I beat you in our match together. (laughs) Like, I think that matters here more than it ever mattered before. It doesn't freaking matter that Bryson and Rodgers beat Brady and Mickelson. Right. It does not matter. This one actually feels like it has some weight to it for future press conferences, at least.
0: Yeah, and I guess it matters a little bit to Phil that Phil beat Tiger. It wouldn't have really mattered to Tiger if he had beaten Phil. But, yeah, that's a little feather in the cap, no doubt. I think a moment of honesty would make this thing. If there was a moment where Bryson does something where the tensions are getting high, and if Brooks showed a little bit of the annoyance that he showed in that PJ championship interview and was just like, Man, this is it right here. This is why I don't like you. This is why I think you this is why I think you're lame. That's like basically what it seems like it comes down to. Kepka thinks the guy's lame. Bryson, I guess, just wishes that Brooks would be nicer. I'm not actually sure where the rest of his spot in this feud comes from. It, it seems sort of one way. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe if he calls out Brooks for being kind of a bully, maybe there's some sort of discussion that happens that would be that would interesting be cool. or, or some moment. I'm not just, positive that we'll get that.
1: I don't trust it to come from Bryson. I think, I think Brooks... Loves to be a smart uh, press conference poker player. I think he loves to pick his spots, say things that are a little bit spicy, talk up his own game um, while also maybe dunking on other people. And he already did that last week. The announcement comes out. He is asked, Hey, like, when did the discussion on this stuff begin? And he goes, I don't know. You can ask Bryson. Yeah. It's like, you know what, Brooks? Don't be such a a petty guy, and don't too cool. You're too too cool, Cool
0: Brooks. But honestly, at this point, he's made it this far. I think it actually makes sense for him to stick to that persona at least through this whole thing. You know, he's the he's the cool one. He's the one that's not trying hard. Bryson's the opposite. Bryson's the try hard, Um, and they can each occupy that space. And hopefully, it comes. Hopefully, they come up against each other in an interesting way hopefully some people outside the you know golf world can appreciate this and have fun with it because i do think there is a tendency in the golf world to over anticipate something to kind of suck the fun out of it before we've even seen if it's fun or not and i think that that is what some of what's happening for this maybe it'll be lame maybe it'll be awkward but i don't know i was texting with with our friend eric actually last week because he was laughing about the whole brooks bryson thing and i said do you think it'll be entertaining and he said dude when is the last time that bryson did something that was not entertaining yeah (laughs) i mean there were forty five thousand people watching bryson on a youtube stream (laughs) you know held together by who knows what an antenna and a half a wi-fi connection in mesquite nevada last week so I think it's safe to assume that like a highly produced show that hopefully is going to have Phil, hopefully is going to have Barkley behind the mic. It's going to be entertaining, even if we're, you know, laughing at it as well as laughing with it. So I'm excited for it. I think that there's plenty of plenty of reasons to watch, even if it's not, I don't know, perfect or above yeah.
1: reproach. You know, what's a guaranteed now? They are going to finish number one and number two in the PIP the player impact program mm. that dishes out money to the most popular, most wave-making, most social-engaged golfers on the PGA Tour. Brooks and Bryson will finish one and two. No one will touch them, right?
0: I don't. I can't think of who would, right? I mean, Bryson has to be the clear number one. Phil Mickelson might say. be number three. Phil, he did win the PGA. I mean, I know that there's it's so hard to decipher the exact factors and how they would weigh in. But like the guys that would typically be involved, like Spieth and Rory, they've had relatively quiet years. Hiker Patrick Reed catches a certain amount of attention some years, but this year, not so much. Um, so yeah, I think that this cements it. I think you're absolutely right. Yep. Ricky is always going to be up there just purely based on presence, but he hasn't done anything on the course to, to merit contention.
1: And it's happening at the end of the PGA Tour season when no one's making waves right now. Nobody's doing anything to, to grow engagement of the PGA Tour except for Brooks and Bryson in a silly 12 hole event on Black Friday. Uh, it, it's, it's a lock. I think it's. One
0: interesting idea. thing, Sean, a little nugget I picked up recently. The PIP was initially proposed as a season ending payout. Then I heard it got moved to being a year-end payout. So this is like really cashing in some late late year Q4 PIP points. Yep,
1: the best kind, really. savvy
0: move, definitely. No one else is really bringing the heat like that in November in the professional golf world. Um, Sean, you got anything else for me? Are you excited for the CJ Cup? We're going to see some of our favorite golfers this week at the Summit Club, a new course.
1: Yeah. Always excited to see a new course. It's kind of fun during these, when the new courses come in the silly season, the fall season, um, when, you know, there's the, the, tournament doesn't have as much hype. The players are kind of in a weird transition phase mm-hmm. and then you can kind of yeah. just dive into the golf course. Like, what is that course? What course are they playing yeah. this week? What's the winning hole going to look like this week? Um, and that's, I guess what I'll be doing this week while you are a little more preoccupied.
0: I will be preoccupied. We've got the summit club. It's a Fazio course. It's near Vegas. You get a view of the strip, but you're, you're not actually right on it. Most of the American and European Ryder cup teams are playing. Um, you've got JT, DJ, Xander, Finau, Harris, English, Spieth, Scheffler, Morikawa, Kepka, the whole gang. I mean, I get it's, it's, it's an invitational. We forget that this is like a limited field event. Top 60, plus some sponsors exemptions. Um, we're going to see Rory, Victor Hovland, Sergio, Shane Lowry, Paul Casey, Fleetwood, Poulter, Hatton. So the whole Money. gang is going to be there, Sean. Money talks. Uh, we'll, we'll sort of be watching. Um, I'm getting married this weekend, so I actually probably won't be watching.
1: No, I really hope you're not watching. But, you know, if at your wedding venue there's a TV on – Saturday night, mm. maybe it doesn't have to be college football, maybe it's late night at the CJ Cup.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. I think if golf's on at your wedding on a Saturday, the third round golf, I'm not <laughs> sure that's a good sign for like the the how good a time people that's are. That's how having. you that's how you the, get you know people gonna to the dance on floor. Is-
1: you put golf Hopefully on. Hopefully, we got the
0: Red Sox on, but this is—it's a good reason to have a West Coast wedding because you know maybe you watch the afternoon competition play out, and then it's time for people to sit down, have some supper, put on their dancing shoes. I'll bring mine. All right, I'm going to go have some supper here, Sean. Um, but let me tell you what will be served at my wedding, and this is this is the truth: Arnold Palmer spiked. You can't have a good hang these days unless you've got a proper beverage to go along with it and there's no better way to celebrate just about anything Sean than with Arnold Palmer spiked it's the classic taste of iced tea and lemonade you know it I know it we love it it's got 5% ABV made with real juice and brewed teas for a smooth flavor it's as easy going as Arnie as easy going as Sungjae Im with a five shot lead uh Sean you can find Arnold Palmer in a store near you or at arnoldpalmerspiked.com slash That's arnoldpalmerspiked.com slash And you can also find it on Drizzly or Instacart. arnoldpalmerspiked.com slash 2021 Hornell Brewing Company, Memphis, Tennessee. A malt beverage with natural flavor. Sean, celebrate responsibly tonight, all week. And uh, we'll see you next time.